All right, let's get our Bibles out this morning. Turn with me, please, in the Word of God this morning to Philippians chapter 4. You might want to turn that down a little bit. There's too many people that don't like my voice, but... Really? Okay, all right. Go ahead and crank her up. All right. All right, and somebody said if people asleep in church, somebody ought to wake up to preach her. So don't fall asleep today. Okay, let's take uh, Philippians chapter 4. And uh, how many would uh, agree with this statement reluctantly that you're stronger than you think you are? How many like to, well, you like to hear that sometimes, but a lot of times we don't like to hear that because if we're going through a trial, we, we don't like to think we can make it. We, we don't like to think it's no big deal. Let's go for it. But how many understand we're stronger than we think? You're better <clears throat> at, at what you think uh, that you can't do. You're a lot better than you really think. And I always remind myself of this. I learned a few years back <clears throat> that when they train the special forces, the, uh, the SEAL team uh, in San Diego, they study those guys and they analyze and they, they, they just uh, they get deep into their lives and they analyze every area of their life. And every single thing that's physical about them, they're highly trained, they're highly cared for. The health care system, I mean, they are the elite of the whole entire uh, armed forces. They're one of, the, one of the elite. And so they spend a lot of money. Uh, they, they analyze their behavior. And they, they actually test them on different things. And so when they put them through training, what they do is they actually put them to the limit. And some of the guys crack, and some of them cry like babies, and uh, those guys are weeded out, you know. But they've said this. This is true. This is true. That uh, when, when somebody says, I have had enough, I can't do anymore, I quit. Usually, they've only exhausted 40% of what they're actually capable of doing. 60% of what they can do is yet to be done. Now, I don't think that's true in every single case. But boy, when I, when I, whenever I have somebody tell me, come on, you can do this. It's going to work. It's all right. You're going to get through it. Come on, you can make it. I like being around people like that. Amen? Because uh, like, it might be a teacher in high school or it might be a friend, but they look at you and you might not think you can do what God calls you to do. By the way, if he calls you to do something, he's going to let you uh, he's going to let you have the ability to do it, or he'll give you the ability to do it. Uh, but the thing about humanity is that we're a fallen race, and we just don't have the, the, uh, the courage and the belief that we can go through trials. But look at the Apostle Paul. That's all he ever did. He kept going through difficulty after difficulty after difficulty. And, and the poor man, I don't know how he did it. But I've been down before. How many have ever been down? You don't have to raise your hand, but how many are down right now? You just don't want to raise your hand. But you could be down, and, and you know, you get to looking at what Paul did. Pretty soon you think, hey, if he can do that, maybe I could put up with the fact that Starbucks was closed. Maybe I can get through this, Right? How many understand we're just a little too delicate sometimes? Oh, I must have got the right message. Nobody's having fun this morning. Okay, Lord, thank you. I know I got, I got this message down. This is right where we ought to be. 
But yeah, how many understand sometimes you're a little bit more delicate than you should be? Now, I'm not, I'm not beating anybody up, but I think, man, I mean, I, I have, I have uh, been a Christian for a long time now, and I've had times when I didn't think that I had the strength. All of a sudden, God just put wind in the sails, and praise the Lord, He, he does it. I want you to see this this morning. Look at Philippians chapter 4. I want to uh, read a couple of verses for you, but then I want to give you a little background on what this is all about. Because if you don't have the background, you might not appreciate what he said. Okay, look at verse 13. The Apostle Paul said this, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. That's a good thing to put on a baseball hat, amen? By the way, that's what he, Vander Hollifield put on his hat when he beat the stuffings out of uh, that loudmouth uh, guy. What was his name? Tyson, yes. Yeah, Mike Tyson. He thought he was big stuff. And uh, he had a hat on that said something about Allah. And then uh, Evander Hollifield beat the stuffings out of him one time. I saw the fight. It was great. And uh, he, had, he had Philippians 4.13 on there on his baseball cap. Now, that's all, I, that's all I care about. I mean, I, it, was, it was just really encouraging, you know, to see a loudmouth guy get, get stuff and speed out of him by a guy who had a Bible scripture on his hat. Amen? So we're going to sell bumper stickers. Look at, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Look at verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, those two verses, they mean much more in just a minute when you find out what Paul had to go through to get to the point where he was saying that. So let's pray, and let's, uh, let's really learn something today about ourselves. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you've given us more strength than we ever tapped into. We have more ability than, you ever, uh, th- than we ever thought that you've given to us, Lord. And we thank you that Paul said this, and he meant it. And we thank you that you supplied all of his needs and you gave him the ability to do anything you called him. And Lord, we pray that you'll help us to be the kind of Christians that you want us to be. Help us to step up, help us to get up, help us to to speak up and help us to keep going, Lord. We pray that you'll bless our church, bless our families and bless anybody today that might be, be dragging uh, a little bit and, and maybe have uh, under a load of some kind but we pray today that you'll help us be encouraged and when we leave here today we pray that we would be praising your name and and rejoicing we pray that we'd be almost high-stepping lord just thanking god that we have a savior that loves us and we pray that you'll help us and strengthen us today strengthen our church strengthen our families and strengthen each one of us in our christian walk with god We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the promises in Isaiah that they that wait upon the Lord will will be strengthened, right? He said they will have new strength. Uh, We won't go there right now, but I want to give you a background. Um, The Apostle Paul, of course, was uh, he was in training to be a Pharisee and he was he was quite uh, uh, he he had a pretty big pedigree of accomplishments even before God called him. He was on his way to be. Uh, high priest, I believe. Now, whether that's true or not doesn't mean anything, but what he was, he was very accomplished. He knew Greek, fully fluent in Greek and Hebrew, 
He, was, uh, he, he knew the high priest. He was very accomplished in the religion of the Jews. He was a Hebrew. He was very, very close to getting on his way to become a high priest. So that, with that background, he got saved. And right away, they tried to start to kill him and get rid of him and beat him. And they wanted him out because it went completely against uh, the whole entire religion of the Jews. Because he was prominent and turned, and now he's winning people to Christ, the very person that they hated the most was Jesus. But now he's telling the very, the very strongest of them, of the Jews and the, and the Hebrews and you know, the Pharisees, He's winning them to Christ, and he's causing big problems everywhere. And they wanted to get rid of him, so they did nothing but persecute him. They did nothing but try to kill him. This wasn't in an American situation. This was back when they could kill somebody for no reason. They could just wipe them out. So he had, was on the run all the time. He was always uh, his first trip. He, he started uh, uh, out his first missionary journey. In fact, he had to get uh, he had to be uh, escape the garrison in in Galatia. He 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 had to run from them for for his life. Think about that. That's all he ever did. Almost all his Christian life was to run and run and run and try to keep from having uh, somebody kill him. I don't believe any other man in the Bible outside Jesus was such a wonderful preacher and a pastor. And a prophet. He was he was so unendangered, uh, uh, overwhelmed with prophecy and truth and power that he God had to give him a thorn in the flesh just to calm him down and to humble him so that he wouldn't be exalted above measure. I've never had that happen. I mean, no, I've I've never I've never had a situation where God had to do something to me to keep me you know with one foot on the ground. And I hope that never comes. I don't know what that's like. I just, I just know this. Paul had to have a thorn in the flesh to keep him humble so that he wouldn't be exalted above measure. That tells you he was, he was a man of God. I mean, the, 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 the things that God did through him was absolutely astounding. He wrote epistles to encourage people. But when you look at the book of Philippians, you've got to remember something. He was in jail when he wrote this. And he was happy. And he was joyful. The word rejoice and joy is all through the book of Philippians when he was in jail. If I went to jail, I think I'd fall apart. I really, unless God would strengthen me, you know. I mean, I'm not going to go try to get into jail for, for just to be a martyr. But, uh, you know, uh, one of these days, you never know. Some Christian might end up in jail for preaching on the street, right? Or giving a gospel tract to somebody. It, that's a lot of people would love to do that. But I think, uh, I think I'd probably just curl up in a ball and cry. And then I'd shake it off and say, stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> I, I would counsel myself, amen? And then, you know, when... Uh, when Lester Roloff was in jail for doing nothing but serving God, the jailer down in uh, Nueces County Jail in Corpus Christi, Texas, do you know, remember the story how that, that uh, they, he was in there for, I think, three, three or four days, and he would sing, and he would witness to people, and he would, he would have people come in to visit. And when he left that jail cell, the jailer of that jail, 
He wouldn't let anybody occupy his, his jail cell because he says that's where Lester was. That's where the holy man was. And they kept it, they kept it from having anybody going in there for a long time. That, that's the kind of uh, lifestyle that the Apostle Paul had. There was lots of power. Now, when you think about uh, the book of Philippians and all that he said in this book, and all the epistles, there's, there's four epistles that were written from prison. This is encouraging. Here's a man that was arrested for doing nothing but loving God and serving God. And they wanted to get rid of him. He, they tried to kill him many times. But the books of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon, those four books, those are prison epistles written straight from prison. And I don't know where Paul got it other than God just gave him the zeal and gave him the power and gave him the encouragement in the middle of his problems. And that's the kind of life that he, he wants us to live because he says, now look at verse 13. Verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You say, well, I think, that, I think I get that now. I think I know what he's trying to say. He's in prison being innocent, and he says, God's going to bless me. God's, God's going to give me the power. And then look at verse number 18. I, he says, but I have all. Um, by the way, he didn't have much. He was in jail. But in his mind, in his spirit, he was looking at it through God's point of view, wasn't he? Have you ever gone through a trial and looked at it through man's point of view? Well, that's hard. But if you look at your trial through God's point of view and what God's doing in light of Scripture, you could say, I have all and abound. I am full, having re received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. And that's why we every church ought to be a giving church. When somebody's going through trials and they get a gift of some kind, Listen, that just makes them love God, doesn't it? If you're a Christian and it, you're supposed to show love to the household of faith, especially, the Bible says, especially the household of faith, fervent love among the brethren. Why? Because we believe in God, don't we? We all believe in God, don't we? And we believe in Jesus. And we read in the Bible, My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But if that never happens, then you start to doubt God. So here's somebody that comes to church and they're hurting or they got a problem. And somebody, and I won't mention names, but there's been a lot of money go out of our church for people that, uh, you know, might, might have misused it. Right? It's okay because you gave to Jesus, right? Don't stop that. But listen, if you give to a Christian, what they're thinking is, God just, God just met my need. God did that. You can cause other people to, to praise God on your behalf. In other words, you can make God look pretty good. He doesn't need help, but you, you that's how, in other words, if, if you need something and, um, uh, there, and you pray for it, and then somehow it, it comes, you always give God the glory. But the tools and the conduit and the passageway by which your blessings come is actually through men, mankind, right? He says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, 
shall men give unto your bosom. So if, you, if you're going to be a giver, you're going you're to let God, let people know that, 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 that God's answering their prayer. That's how he does it. If somebody needs to be forgiven, they can pray. But then if they're forgiven by you, that's, that's a godly action. Paul said, my God shall supply all your need. Why did he say that? Because while he was in prison, he got his needs met. Look what it says. Look at verse 18. Uh, it says now, Epaphroditus, he was a, um, an, uh, an instrument of God, right? To make, make Paul say, God, God gave me everything I need. But look at how did God use that. He met Paul's needs by Epaphroditus, and the Philippian church started uh, communicating with him and giving to him while he was in prison. And those people in that church made Paul know that God loved him. This is why you and I can say the same thing. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Because somewhere, somebody's going to help me get, get through it, right? Somewhere, somewhere, somebody's going to help you. A Christian brother or sister is going to help you with something that you need. And God's going to put it on somebody's heart and they're going to, they're going to do it. I was, I was in uh, college and uh, we were all poor, all we were looking for secondhand suits and everything we could get, but just to get through. Guys would just pray like crazy that they could meet their next school bill. And I, I had it made. I, I, I had the, the Navy income, the, I had the GI Bill, I had a scholarship, so I wasn't really hurting at all. But I, too, I wasn't rich by any means, but I, uh, I had some clothes that were worn out always wore huge, uh, you know, gunny sack suits that looked like I got it at the mission. Nothing wrong with the mission, but, you know, they don't have the best clothes down there. But we would get anything that fit, you know, anything that we could use. And so one day uh, I was sitting on the front row of the church, and uh, it was a big church. It was like, like, I think every service there was over like a thousand people in the gymnasium. It was just packed, and it was exciting. And so I used to run up and try to get the front seat, you know, so I could get to, get to preaching and, and soak it in. And I used to always put my leg over my knee, you know, just, just for comfort. And I had a big hole in my shoe. And I saw this lady about 15, 20 chairs down on the, on the front row. She kept going like this, like that. And I don't know why, but I'd notice her head going like this, you know. And she, what she was doing, she was checking out my shoe. And I didn't know it. I had my shoe sitting there. I was looking. What are you looking at? I didn't know she was looking at my foot. Her husband was a shoe salesman. So the next service, she came to church with this big bag of brand new shoes. I don't know how she found out my side, but she had a big grocery sack full of brand new shoes. And she said, I, I hope you don't uh, get embarrassed at this, but... Uh, I, I, I saw you need some shoes, so I told my husband, and uh, uh, here's some shoes. And I said, well, thank you so much. All these nice Florsheim shoes. Does anybody know what a Florsheim shoe is anymore? Does anybody know what a wingtip is? Okay, good. We're not that old school yet. Those things never wear out. By the way, they're coming back. They are. I'm not wearing them now, but I'll tell you what. They're coming. We're going we're gonna to put... We're going to put them back in style. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
Does anybody know uh, the Florsheim wingtip shoes where you put the little piece of steel and you put it in your heel and you kind of click when you walk? Oh, it's, you, you just, it's, it's, it's fashionable. Anyway, I had all these brand new shoes. It was, it was awesome. But, but I felt like God did that. He, he put it on that lady to stare at my foot. And there it goes. Must have been a big ugly hole because I don't. I just remember I needed, I needed help. But you know, Paul, he uh, <clears throat> he was always running for his life, and he was always in trouble, even though he didn't do anything wrong. Uh, and so we have we we have something that that God did with him. I want you to go to Acts chapter sixteen. Now you know when Paul was in jail one time, in Philippi, I might add. I'm not sure if this was the exact uh, time frame that he was in that jail at that mission, uh, but you know that Acts 16, he was in jail, right? And if you'll look at it with me, there's a jailer that got saved. Now, I want you to know something. God, God never, ever uh, will put you anywhere and forget you. He will never put you anywhere or do anything with you uh, and just leave you sit there. He wants to do something with you. He, he wants to meet your needs. And he wants to supply you with everything you've got. And he wants to get glory out of you. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Right? Ephesians 2.10. Is that right? We are his workmanship. He's, he's, he's not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. Uh, and that you've ministered unto the saints and do minister. God doesn't forget you. God doesn't put you someplace and they just leave you there and ignore you. He, he, he proved that with the Apostle Paul. Paul was in jail uh, for winning to Christ this, um, I guess you could say it was a soothsayer, but it's like a fortune teller, you know. Some, you know these ads on the radio where you, you call in, uh, which I've never done, to find your psychic reading and all that junk. You, you, get, you get your future told. Yeah, it doesn't work. Forget it. But this is the kind of gal she was. She was a soothsayer. She was a, a sorceress type of a kind of a witch. And um, she was, she was no, no good person. She wasn't saved. Paul led her to Christ. She got saved. And then she turned around and started walking with God. And the, Philippi, uh, the people at Philippi got really upset. And then they took it out on Paul. So they put him in jail because he led her to the Lord. Let's pick this up here. It says in verse, uh, chapter 16, verse 19. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs uh, which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. This is the life of the Apostle Paul. And right about now, you know, they didn't, they didn't cover this in the synagogue training. 
They didn't tell us all about this in Bible college. This is not covered in the teaching. <laughs> this, is, this is real street-level Christianity. Amen? And now he's, he's got his feet and ankles and his hands. He's in the stocks. And what does he do? He doesn't roll up in a ball and cry like a baby and say, why is this happening to me? He starts singing and having a good time and winning people to Christ. And, and God is with him. And look at verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. Now, why would he do that? Do you realize how weak some of us are? I'm not, I'm not preaching at you today. I'm preaching to you. Listen, we're weak. Christian brothers and sisters in America are a little bit weak. We can't go through anything. We want to throw it up and just quit everything and say, I can't take this. Boy, I'll tell you what, I'm looking for that 60%. Where is my 60%? Amen? Where's your 60%? Where, where's, where's that little extra? It's, you have it. Look what happened to the Apostle Paul and Silas. Suddenly, verse 26, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And did you know the story? The jailer came in and he thought he was going to die. So he came down and he says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Well, I like that question. Obviously, it had a double meaning to it, didn't it? How am I going to save my life? And, and maybe he also said, how could I be saved? I like to think that he was asking how to have eternal life. But you know what? It's proven. Paul proves what he meant. Because it says uh, in, in, in the verse uh, number 30, he said, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Well, now we know what he meant. He said, uh, thir verse 31 says, They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou be shalt be saved in thy house. So obviously that man was wanting to know how to get to heaven. Amen? Because you just don't believe you're going to get out of trouble. You've got to believe to get saved. You've got to believe in Jesus Christ. And you and I as Christians, we need to start believing God's going to get us and pick us up and make something out of us, and keep the church going, keep your family going, keep you healthy, keep you, keep you in good spirits, amen? Am I making sense to anybody today? Listen, we have a God that doesn't forget. We have a God that says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Oh my goodness, I wish I had half the power and strength that the Apostle Paul had. Nothing would bother me. How many get bothered? How many of you are bothered right now because we're taking too long? Have you ever been bothered to go to church? Of course not. We're a cut above, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody ever. Huh? Have you ever been bothered when somebody preaches too long? Of course not. <laughs> now, I want, to see, I want you to see something before we go. Now, that jailer got saved. And then, of course, they, uh, they, they, <laughs> they, they wanted to just not say anything about it. But uh, Paul said, no, no, you guys come and get us. You put us in here wrong. You come and get us out. I love that spirit. Paul had strength. He had, he had his needs met. They visited him. And they took care of him. And God, God did a great work. Listen, I need to be challenged. How many of you need to be challenged? 
Honestly, just be honest about it. You need somebody to say, come on, let's go. You can do this, that kind of stuff. But we need that every day. We need to be motivated. We need to be encouraged. You get all that right there in the life of the Apostle Paul. Now, let's go back to Philippians chapter 4. I want to give you a couple of verses, and you can mark these down and use them. Honestly, our country's in bad trouble. Folks, it's, it, you know, they, everybody wants me to shut up about this politics and stuff. Everybody says, oh, you can't mix politics and church. You want to bet? You want to bet? A lot of what's bugging our church right now is nothing but just bad politics. A lot of what's ruining our country is just stinking bad politics. And we, we, we're going to have to unteach all of our children about, I mean, good night. Wouldn't it be nice if they taught pure history? Our public school doesn't teach history. It teaches social justice. It teaches socialism. And I could go on all day about the dumb things that they teach our kids. It's true. We're being overrun. It's true. you got to stand up. We have to stand up for righteousness. If you and I don't, this, this whole place could change. And you know what? I've, I've had a good life. I've had fun. I'm having fun now. But I got Jack. You know what? He's my youngest. And, you know, when, when I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have this kind of problem when I was 12 years old. I was worried about baseball practice when I was 12. I wasn't all that educated. I didn't pay attention in school. My, my 12-year-old son's twice as smart as I was. In fact, one day in, in, in uh, grade school, they said, we're passing out brains. And I, I thought they said trains. And I said, I'd like to ride in the caboose. Uh, uh, my 12-year-old my, my son's twice as smart as I was when I was his age. You say, yeah, you've been riding in the caboose a lot. But... Yeah, just just plain old pure history would do well. But I want him, I want him to know the truth. I want your kids to know the truth. And it might be that we just we just oh well we Christians we're not supposed to say anything controversial. We're not supposed to do anything controversial. In fact, please hold my hand here. Okay, now could we please get in a big circle? Let's sing. I'd love to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. Coca-Cola, whatever that is. Kumbaya. That's what Christians are doing today. We're scared to death of standing up, being courageous, fighting the good fight of faith. Wise as serpents, harmless as doves. I'm not hurting anybody. Amen? i got to confess something. I kind of yelled at my neighbor. I did. I yelled at her. Brother Minetti, I saw Brother Minetti and Mrs. Minetti in the, after I was getting done with the haircut, and he told me about a certain individual on the street. So I fell into temptation. I turned over into the turn lane, and I yelled out my window. It was down. Uh, I said, all lives matter. Did I say something politically incorrect? 
Would you forgive me? I even yelled out John 3.16, for God so loved the world. I just felt so good. I felt like I'd accomplished something. I said, Jesus said that he loves the whole world. And then I said, all lives matter. And one of the gals on the street corner who had a sign, Black Lives Matter, and they matter too, right? They don't matter more than anybody else. They don't matter any less than anybody else. They got it wrong. I was thinking, put all lives matter up here. We're not going to do that. Just relax. But one of the girls behind the sign, I yelled, all lives matter. And she looked at me kind of sheepishly and she went, I just felt like God used me, amen, a little bit. But my neighbor, she was really upset with me. So we have work to do, amen. But listen, we've got to get to the point where you and I stand strong for our Christian beliefs and look at Paul. If he did it, what he did, we don't have any problem, do we? Turn with me uh, with one more chapter since you're in such a good mood. I feel like I could go on even longer. Right? <laughs> How many are? All right, say it with me. I can endure all things through. I mean, endure hardness as a good soldier. See, I didn't get the right verses. We could go on all day. What are you leaving for, you wimp? Come on back here. Let's just, come on, get some preaching. Uh, all right. <laughs> I want you to see this. If you've read your Bible, which you have, you've probably read this a hundred times. But in 2 Corinthians chapter number 11, I always get convicted about the little things that I have to go through that I think are so big, but they're not big. They're not really all that big. They're light afflictions. And you know what God's going to do with your life? And you know what God's going to do with your church and your, and your personal walk with God? He's there. He's, he's with us. He's going to strengthen you. I might have another verse after this, but let's go. <laughs> verse number uh, 22 of chapter 11, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-two. Now, you just match this up. Now, I'm not, I'm not belittling anybody. And, and if you're going through something... Listen, I don't mean to say that it's nothing. Quit whining. I'm just saying if God can give this man victory through his big, huge problems, then he can help me and he can help you. Look it. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I, I am more. So he knew his, his standing. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure. Remember, he, they laid many stripes upon them, let them go. In prisons more frequent. I've never been in jail for preaching the gospel. If I have to go someday, please pray for me. I don't want to be a wimp. I want to sing and be happy and lead people to Christ. And take all the kind of, you know, chocolate chip cookies, whatever you bring me. You understand what I'm saying. It's okay to serve God. But he was in prison many times. 
Look at verse 24. Of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. Uh, that's 199 stripes. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Three times he got beat with rods. Uh, once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. Uh, a night and a day I have been in the deep. By that third shipwreck, by the way, that was the, that was the third of four shipwrecks. After uh, Acts chapter 28, he was in another shipwreck. So he went through four shipwrecks. Before he went through that fourth one, he told us about this. 26 says, In journeys often, perils of waters, perils of robbers, perils of my own countrymen, perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, in in, in perils among false brethren. In weariness and painfulness, watchings often, uh, in, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches, my soul. I've only pastored one church. I don't know how you do it for three or four churches. And he had several that he was incur- in, 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 instrumental in taking care of. How does a man go through all that? Only God can give it, give him the strength. Only God can take care of you. Only God can take care of you. Only God, and there is a God. Amen. And he's with us. We need to stand up as Christians. And I'm not saying we ought to go out and march or cause trouble or nothing like that. I'm just saying live your Christian life like it ought to be lived. And be strong about it. Why? Last verse. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 41. One of the sweetest things. I won't go into the story, but this verse means so much to me. It has helped me through so many trials in my own personal life, so many times of weakness, so many times of fear, so many times of deadness and and numbness and storms. Uh, It's just amazing what this verse has done in my life. I want to share it with you. Look at uh, Isaiah 41 and uh, number 10, verse number 10. And I want you to remember, Christians aren't supposed to give up. They're supposed to give in to the Lord. Verse 10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. How could anybody lose when you read that verse? How could anybody uh, walk out of any situation uh, with with our head down and with our uh, shoulders stooped over? Uh, How could anybody read this verse that's a Christian and not be uplifted? Amen? We have a God that loves us. Paul was a great example. I'd like to live my Christian life a little bit more like Paul. It seemed like nothing got him down. Nothing bugged him to the point where he just wouldn't quit. What's it? Stick and stay and make it pay. Do what God wants you to do. Where's that 60%? David, where's that 60%? Where is it? I, I've, I feel like I'm at 40 sometimes, but they say, hey, you got a lot left. You're not done yet. Amen. Come on. You've only done... You've only done Four pull-ups. You could do six more if you really want to. I can't do one anymore. 
I was in gymnastics and I can't do a pull-up anymore. I mean, I could. I have to work at it. Uh, lower the bar down a little bit. <laughs> no, God, God's good, isn't he? As a, as a Christian, I want to encourage you today. Just think the way God does. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Je- Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We, we've got to stay encouraged. America's going through too much right now for Christians to be disheartened. We cannot let, if you want to be a real blessing, you want God to use you, ignore the problems and get into the Bible and let God have you and lift you up. And they'll say, hey, uh, nothing seems to be bugging you. Look, you've got a peace I don't have. You're, you're humming and whistling and you're smiling. What is wrong with you? Right? God, God said, fear not. I am with thee. I'm thy God. I will strengthen thee. I'll uphold thee. Let's pray together. Thank you for being here today. And thank you for listening. But maybe, maybe you're like me. Sometimes I just need to be strengthened and encouraged.